of the phrase, respect the dollar. Keep listening to hear what it means and how you can implement it into your life. You did it. You have found your judgment-free zone, the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a bilingual podcast for women who want to become reinas of their money and love their dinero more. I am your host, Jen Hemphill, a former extreme frugalist turned reina of your money advocate. Each week, I'm going to help you reign your money like that queen that you are with inspiring interviews and panel discussions from La Comunidad Latina and with solo episodes sharing simple, actionable tips and strategies. Thanks for spending some time with me today. And now let's jump into today's Dose of Money Confidence. Hola, hola, how is it going? I hope you're doing fantastic despite everything that is going on, what we're living in, the pandemic, the elections, coronavirus. Oh my gosh, can we have anything else going on? Maybe I shouldn't say that because it could happen, right? Anything can happen in 2020. And hopefully the rest of the year, it gets better. This is Jen Hempel, your host, and I'm so glad you are here again. Today, we have a special guest. And let me tell you a little bit about Josita Jameson. Josita is a career project manager who aligned her transferable skills into her passion for connecting people together. She is the owner and lead planner of events by Josita, where she works with busy professionals, entrepreneurs, and creators to produce memorable experiences through events. She's a member of various organizations within the event industry, most notably Society of Government Meeting Planners. She is also a member of Lambda Theta Alpha Latin Sorority. She is a traveler, career professional, businesswoman, entrepreneur, military wife, and most importantly, a mother. In this episode, you're going to hear how to respect that dollar and what does that mean, as well as how Josita graduated college debt-free her leap from engineer to event planner, and the ways that you can help your child prepare for their future. Lista? Are you ready? Vamos a conocer this reina of her money. Bienvenida, Josita. Finally, I have you on the podcast. I've been asking, maybe almost begging, a little bit? No, just asking. <laughs> <Let's>, <laughs> well, I'm just in long story short, I just I am thrilled to to have you here just because for those of you listening, and we are she is my event planner for Herding Netto Matters Live, which is happening in April. So if you here in DC, so if you haven't taken a look, that's in the show notes. But she's just such a joy. And I absolutely love you, Josita. So I'm really excited to have you on. I am too. This is new for me. So be gentle. <laughs> I'll try. I'll try my best. It's hard, but I'll try. <laughs> so let's get started with your money story. Let's go back in time to the life of Josita, maybe when she was little in the Dominican Republic, or maybe later on in life when she already moved to the US. So take us back in time to what you've seen, what you've learned, what you experience that really has impacted you? Maybe there's some memories, some stories that you want to share. Sure. So um, I was born in the Dominican Republic. I came here to the U.S. mainly to Jersey when I was six years old for the first time. At that point, my parents were divorced. Funny story is that they were divorced and they got remarried to each other. 
So at that point, they were divorced. So we were traveling, my sister and I, back and forth a lot. And so we kind of got the dual culture early on. Uh, And then we started living in Jersey when I was nine years old and um, and really raised in New Jersey, in northern New Jersey. Raised in northern New Jersey. I love it. Now, what were, because your father, you have shared with me, has been a big impact in terms of what you have learned about money. So tell us a little bit about what influence did he have? Did he have conversations with you or what did he do? Yeah. So, I mean, my dad's obsessed with like anything money related. He has a lot of respect for just money and a dollar. And early on, like he instilled a lot of that in me. He used to read these books called, well, one of them was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Have you ever heard of it? Yes. Yep. That was one of those books. He was big into Susie Orman. So I started watching her shows, but he just instilled a lot of the values and just like respecting the dollar and what it can afford you and the type of lifestyle you want to live by, you know, saving. So, um, so yeah, that was, that was pretty early on. And then the other thing that he also talked to me about a lot, which he still does is a stock market. I mean, he's, he's an avid, he keeps up to date with the trends, what's happening uh, economically around the world. That's his interest. So um, naturally, you know, whenever I used to watch TV with him, that, that's what he was into. So I picked up on that. I love it. Now, what when you say respect the dollar, what does he mean by that? So essentially, it's the make sure that you're using your money intentionally, right? So if you're going to spend it in something for you, you know, it's, and it's not a save, save, save always, but use it intentionally. So if you're going to spend and you're going to Make sure that you understand where it's going, how you're, you know, investing in yourself, you know. And and so it's that, you know, being conscious and aware of where you're placing your money. I love that. And I can see that just in the time that I've known you and the conversations that I have had with you, just the intentionality, just I think in your life in general that you have with money, with your boundaries as well. You're really good about that. And I really respect that. Now, so respect, respecting the dollar was a big thing for your dad, which I love and uh, the really getting you interested or having an understanding of the stock market. So let's fast forward a little bit to when you got to college. You've come out of college and graduate school without any student loans. So take us through that. Yeah. So in high school, again, just with that foundation of the books that he encouraged me to read and that I picked up on, because it's one thing, you know, somebody affording you the, here are the tools, but you also have to, for yourself, pick them up and apply them. So understanding that, I knew that I wanted to be as debt-free as possible. I didn't realize at the time back in high school that I was able to, you know, come out of college completely debt-free, but I did apply to so many scholarships. I connected with, like I was buddy buddies with the counselor. She was my best friend. I was always (laughs) in her office, but because of that, she also kind of had an eye out for, oh, well, maybe you should apply to this scholarship and this scholarship. And I, you know, went ahead and did that. So I did earn a merit-based scholarship, full scholarship, tuition, books, room and board. So everything. 
So I went to a engineering school, mainly engineering, um, studied computer science, but I knew that that was also not my calling in life, but, but also that it would afford me a stable job afterwards. So that's what I was thinking through. Like, what is the market going to look like after I finish college and what job can I get that not only do I like to do, I didn't hate it, right? But it wasn't, I knew it wasn't my full calling in life. So I went ahead, graduated. And after that, I landed my first job, which, you know, out of college, you, you take what you can get and at least you're working, right? And there was some income there, but I also was looking at my next step as well. And that step was going and applying for Department of Defense, where I also now understanding that I could come out of undergrad debt-free. I was trying to look for opportunities for, okay, who can pay for my master's degree? I want to get a master's, but I don't want to pay it because I was already spoiled in that way. <laughs> so. So that was my next move. It was kind of like looking for those opportunities of, you know, those vast majority of, of large companies and, and entities, right, pay for higher education. So it was like looking for that opportunity. So it's very obvious to me, even just listening to you, how much of a role intentionality plays in your life. You're very intent. You meant, you've mentioned who, what college student? Well, there are some, but what, co- you know, typically college students, are just in the now, the classes, the parties, and you're thinking, okay, what should I study? So when I graduate, I have some stability. Not what should I study and get done, but you're thinking like five steps ahead. And I I love that. And it definitely sounds like, I don't know, would you say that it was that lesson of respecting the dollar that, that your dad taught you? Or was a little more? Was there some other influence in your life? No, so that was, I mean, I accredit that as a foundation to, to all of that. I mean, without that understanding, without that basic understanding of what can money afford you, and, and I don't think I would have been thinking ahead of, okay, this is a lifestyle that I want. This is what I want for my children. And so, yeah, like you said, I'm always, I'm, I think the natural planner in me, right? I'm always trying to think forward of like, okay, if I do this now, how would I reap the benefits later on? What is that strategy? It's always, sometimes it looks chaotic and to the outside world, it's like, what is she doing now? But it's always strategic. There's always a path, you know, that I'm trying to follow as much as possible. I mean, things deviate, but my moves are kind of always strategic with something, you know, in the long term in mind. I love that. Now, so you graduated from college, debt-free, you graduated in graduate school, you just paid the $35 for an application. Uh, So that's fantastic. And so now, you know, you've started working, if I recall right, you started working uh, from what you shared before as a project manager. Correct. And you did that for a while. You became a mom. Can we talk a little bit about becoming a mom, because you're a single mom for a bit. And since you're so intentional, did you encounter challenges financially from the time that you were a single mom? Or was it because of your skills, because of your intentionality? Was that a big asset to helping you navigate those times? So 
as I understood what I could do with one step is, you know, get that first job out of school. But then the next step is how do you build and grow your career now that you have, you know, an established foundation that you're able already to get into the workforce. Um, And that's around the time that I had her. And definitely she was a guiding force in that now I'm not living for me, I'm living for both of us. And so how could I make a stable surrounding for both of us? And that is predominantly, you know, by being financially stable, right? You can't be in a stable environment and in a good neighborhood and, and afford her better than what I had if you're not financially sound and, and stable. So definitely that was a guiding force. It, it has been even till this day, right? Um, because now I'm looking ahead at college in the next year <laughs> and a half, changing myself. I'm re- we're we're going to be taking notes because we're, we're right in the same path. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, I definitely attribute that to making sure that I wasn't spending things just being frivolous with my money, right? That I was, again, investing in her, investing in her education and, and her environment. Love that. So single moms out there, listen up, listen up. Love it. Before we continue, I have a quick message for you. Her Dinero Matters is brought to you by First Republic Bank. The world is changing and your needs are evolving. As your focus turns to what matters most to you and your community, First Republic remains committed to offering personalized financial solutions that fit your needs. From day one, you'll be connected with a dedicated banker who will serve as your primary point of contact throughout your relationship with the bank. They'll be there to listen to you, understand your values, and meet you on your financial journey. Your banker can offer solutions that support your goals at any stage, from setting up a personal checking account to refinancing household debt to buying a first home. As your needs evolve, you can call or email your banker at any time for the support you need because First Republic believes what matters to you matters most. Learn more at firstrepublic.com. That's firstrepublic.com. Member of FDIC, equal housing lender. Now, you are a project manager for a time, but now you are an event planner. So what led you to being an event planner? So I am still a project manager. So I am... And I mean, really, event planning is managing a project. It has a scope, right? Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. It has a scope. It has a finite end and, and it has a, an intended outcome, right? So I wanted to start doing something. Like I mentioned before, you know, how when I uh, graduated, from uh, college, I knew that, yeah, that was a foundation for me. And I wanted to do something that I enjoyed doing and that I was passionate for. And I found myself like pulling the thread of what are my skill sets and what's something that I love to do. And between the piece of me that loves to be creative and then the piece of me that had all these skill sets on managing tasks and managing, you know, contracts and managing budgets. 
right? How do I marry the two? And it came out to this, to, to doing event planning. Also because I've I had been involved and naturally, again, like I knew and understood that in all the boards and all the organizations that I was a part of, I was always, always raising my hands to plan events. So I'm like, okay, I apparently like doing this. It was, <laughs> you know, an, an aha moment. I, I was just waiting for the right time to launch on my own. Now, I know the Her Dinero Matters live event hasn't happened, but my experience with you so far, you know what you're doing. You are about the details and it's, it's just been thoroughly impressive. So, and you also have, you would think that as a project manager, right? So it's about details and I envision a project manager, yes, about the details, but I don't envision a project manager with like a creative side, right? So it's like a project manager in my eyes is one, it's about the numbers and the de- and the spreadsheets and all that. But you also have the side of you, this creative, amazing side of you, which I love. When you found yourself raising your hand, volunteering to plan the events, yes, it was the, the project manager inside you and that you really like to plan events. But was there a spark of, well, I like this creative side in me or what? I'm just curious. Yeah, I mean, definitely the creative side. That's something that working for the Department of Defense, I didn't get, right? That's the part that was lacking, the part that didn't feel like, all right, I'm fulfilled, right? And plus, you know, I think with events, what is it, the reaction, the feedback is immediate. You know if somebody's enjoying themselves or not. You can change things, you know, in the moment. And I think that satisfaction, that bringing somebody else joy and bringing them just together and, and that connecting of people together was something that I didn't get from, you know, my project management, my traditional project management side. Love it. So I want to go back to a little bit about of money because I really want, I was curious about the trajectory of your career, how it led you to what you're doing right now. But let's go back talking about money. And can you tell us, you've had such a great foundation. And if your father is listening, gracias. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, y felicidades. Yeah, but, shout out to Julio. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But what would you say? So you've had this great foundation. What are some of these, and you were able to come out of college and, and graduate school debt-free. What would you say are some of your other proud financial moments, things that you are really proud of? Definitely being prepared to take on opportunities that rose out of the circumstances. So for example, back in 2008, when the stimulus, that $8,000 first time homebuyer stimulus, like I was saving up um, for a moment where I can buy, purchase a, a home. And so that was right there, the right opportunity that aligned itself. And so at 23, buying my first home on my own, like that was unheard of, right? Especially coming from, you know, an immigrant family background, like that's such an accomplishment and attribute to my family, really. Like it was our win, not just mine. So love it. So basically, enabled to do that, you were you were saying you were saying that you were just saving, putting money away. And how long would you say were you putting money away to have enough to be able so, to do that? 
the minute that I got my first job. I mean, it was always balance. It was always, I'm going to do this because I need it and I need it for our livelihood right now. And then the rest is, and I allow myself, I mean, I'm not that stringent with my money, right? Um, You have to build in that little bit of like, all right, this is just for my lifestyle, things that I enjoy doing. So it was definitely part of it. It was just less at that time because it was less income. The savings was always, it's always part of my budget. Like there's always room for saving um, and there's always room for growing into that next, you know, step. Um, And then allowing yourself a little bit more freedoms to do the things that you'd like to do. So since day one, I had been saving. I love it. Any other moments that you're proud of? So let's see. That one was was the biggest one, I would say. Um, I mean, right now, you know, the next step is, again, the college savings and making sure that she also has gets afforded the best start to her, you know, adult life. So that next step, that next uh, milestone moment financially for me will be when she is, you know, debt free and graduating school. So and let's talk a little bit about college because we both have kids that are going, that's the next thing, mm-hmm. right? And especially with what's happening <clears throat> in the world right now, one, I'm curious about your thoughts on this because we don't know when we're recording this, we don't know the state of the colleges being open or are they going to be partly virtual, partially open. But right now as a mom, thinking, I have a son that's going to be a senior, that's going to be in a year from now, is going to be entering college, the thoughts that are going through my mind, because who knows how it's going to be at that time, is the tuition costs. Because colleges, they may decrease the tuition costs, but the value for me as a mom, the value is getting my son to see, okay, if they don't decrease the tuition costs, we need to look at the career, what you want to do, and make sure that the college you go to, obviously getting the as much scholarships and everything, but making sure that the investment that we're putting in is that rate of return. It needs to, right, right. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. And I'm always thinking that, but now because the difference is if there's more online, then for me as a consumer, even though I'm not the college student, the value goes down drastically. What are your thoughts? I'm curious. On just online schooling in, in general or just how, how things are right now? How things are right now in terms of if it's partially online. Because the reason why I bring this up is he was accepted into this program for the summer that was supposed to, and we're recording obviously before the summer, that he was supposed to, it was going to be an on-campus experience. Well, gotcha. that's changed. And the cost of the program, they said, oh, we're going to give you a discount, which was... No, I don't even know if it was even 10% uh, discount, which I, in my immediate, I was like, that's it. Like there's a lot of value in being there in person. Right. Right. So that's why, that's why I bring this up. And that's why I started thinking what is going to happen and the value there changes in my opinion. Yeah, no, I think, so I come from an IT background, right? Computer science, software engineering, and all of that. And even with my project management, it was IT project management. So for me, it feels natural for this generation to do online schooling. I don't see any changes in, in the, I guess, the quality of the education that they're going to get. So, so it doesn't bother me. More so, I think 
it would allow some flexibilities that we couldn't because we were, you know, face to face. Like they can be wherever, you know, she can be out in California and take classes out in in New York. And so that doesn't worry me. What worries me is the cost of the college, yeah. right? Because regardless, it's going to, you know, they have to make their money somehow. And it's just gotten really, really like ridiculously expensive. And with that, like we've always been, again, planning, putting into the 5009 plan as much as we can, you know. And so just, again, looking forward to the future and making sure that we're doing whatever we can now to prepare. And then it's it's a thing to prepare, but also, you know, hope for the best and prepare for the worst type of a mentality where there are some specifically for her, some avenues that we can explore to be tuition free because her dad happens to work at a university. And so what I've always taught her was, well, she she's in a position right now, for example, that she doesn't know what she wants to do. And I mean, there's time to decide, but I think don't get yourself into a debt right now over something that you don't really know if you want to do in life, go, you know, as much as possible, do the foundational, do the free, you know, however much gets paid for, go with that, go where the money is right now and then figure out. Cause there's, I mean, college degrees right now are almost the equivalent of, of high school. Everybody, a lot of people, I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people have that as their foundation. So focus on kind of narrowing that niche of what you want to do in your graduate schooling and and then you can invest a little bit more money into that but definitely kind of follow the money i agree well let's wrap it up with what would you say is your biggest piece of financial advice from your own experience from what you've been able to accomplish that you want to pass on to the mujer that's listening right at this moment i would say prepare just be prepared to take the opportunities if I wouldn't have been prepared and, you know, the stimulus package would have been passed and I wouldn't have had a good credit score, like if I wouldn't have had all those things that you needed to in order to apply to this program and, and take advantage of it, I wouldn't have had that house. And and so things would have, my trajectory would have been a little bit different. So I think it's preparedness and, and then seek out those moments. Like right now is a perfect moment if you have disposable income to invest, right? But if you don't have the knowledge on what you're investing, like I wouldn't, that's just uneducated gambling. It's still gambling. <laughs> but my point is, you know, be prepared, read the books, like understand economics and and just look out for the opportunity, but with intentionally and just have that foundation set. I love it. Well, thank you, Josita, for being with us today. I appreciate you. And finally, I'm so glad you came on and to chat with me about money. Yeah, I've missed you. So this was good. <laughs> yes. ¿Qué pensaste? Espero que te gustó tanto a ti como a mí and that you were able to learn ways to really help your children better plan for the future based on what she did, which I thought was fantastic. And so that way you can be prepared to really take on those opportunities that come up in life. Because let's face it, they do. And sometimes we miss it or sometimes there's too much going on in our life that we really don't see it, right? It's all blurry. It's there, but we don't see it. And 
So it's just some food for thought. Now, as I said before, Josita and I connected through an event that I wanted to have this year, a live event for the podcast. Uh, And it didn't happen because of COVID and the pandemic. And it's actually, honestly, between you and I and Josita, it's still up in the air because there's so many things, things have changed, right? Things have changed. And I am not sure. And and things haven't just changed in the world, but they've changed in my life. Remember, I'm a military spouse. So I will keep you posted as to what results if we actually end up having it, or maybe we don't at this time, maybe at a much later date. So if you were inspired by Josita's go-getter attitude or are looking for help with any event, because she is fantastic, let me tell you the time that I've had working with her, make sure to connect with her on Instagram at events by Josita. Now, I know planning for your kid's college journey can be overwhelming. Believe me, I'm in it right now. But remember, you can just tackle it step by step. And if you haven't done so already, download my free daily dinero ritual that really can help you figure out on how to start planning in a practical way. It really helps you hone in on what's important and really clear that clutter in your brain. And you can download that at jenhempill.com forward slash Dinero, which is also in today's show notes. Next week, I have a special treat for you. You will get to meet Angie Carrillo and hear her story that is about raising our voices. That is really what we're focusing on next week, how raising our voices can be scary, which is just in time for Halloween. You see what I did there? (laughs) Plus, I will also be doing the same on her podcast which is called the Going Forward Podcast that is also being released next week as well. That's why it's a special treat. You're getting to hear me on her podcast. You're getting to hear her on my podcast focusing on how raising our voices is scary and our perspectives. So that is it. Eso es todo. I thank you for just taking time out of your busy schedule to tune into this episode and tune into this podcast. You can check out the show notes over at jenhemphill.com forward slash 236 to reference the links from today's show. Remember that being the reign of your money starts now simply with claiming it. And I believe in you. And actually, you should too. If you love this podcast, love this episode, I would love it if you share it with someone you care about. And also, if it would be fabulous if you take a screenshot or a selfie and tag us in your Instagram stories with at Matters with one thing that you love about the podcast or the specific episode. Bueno, pues, that is everything. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Ciao.